0: Whether you're looking to buy a new AR 15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop midwayusa.com.
1: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today.
2: Welcome to the Bass, Kayak, and Beers segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your host Armando Solan, and on this segment we kick back with a special guest and talk about life, kayak fishing, and the pursuit of big bass. So get your cold brews on and enjoy the show. Welcome once again to the Bass, Kayak, and Beers uh, podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network presented by Douglas Rods. If you don't know about Douglas Rods, go check out douglasoutdoors.com, some of the best rods in the business. You can find your nearest uh, authorized dealer and uh, authorized online dealer as well, douglasrods at douglasoutdoors.com. Awesome. So once we got that out of the way, my next guest, somebody that I'm really excited to have on my show, Mr. Marcus Coates. How are you doing, Marcus Hey, man, I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Pretty good, man. Thank you, first of all, for taking the time. Um, and congratulations on your big win this weekend. Put you in If I'm not mistaken, puts you into the Elite Eight and the KBBT. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. Only the second person ever to do it. Uh, first person was Conrad, and uh, I'm the second person to ever have two Elite Eight finishes in KBBT. Nice, nice. Now, this year, that means you're going to the national championship. Is that correct? That's right. 2021 KBT national qualifiers better be ready. I'm going to be bringing the heat.
2: Nice, man. Congratulations. Uh, first of all, Marcus, how are you doing? I know there's a lot of stuff going on in our country. So how's your family? How's everything for you between the COVID-19 and all of the other stuff? How's everything? Man,
1: everything's going good. You know, uh, we've we've all stayed healthy for the most part. I mean, uh, you know, it's a uh, I don't know. We've, we've all been kind of just enjoying the outdoors and enjoying family time more with everything going on. It's just one of those things. Some people are, are hurting of it. Some people are scared about it. You know, in our opinion, we're just going to keep doing our own thing that we've been doing since, you know, we've been here from the first place. So we haven't changed a whole lot at all. You know, we're still just uh, dealing with it the best we can just yeah. by going out there and enjoying the outdoors.
2: Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, if this is one of those things, you know, we can avoid the malls, the theaters for now, the restaurants and all that. But outdoors is where you need to be. You know, obviously there's some responsibilities to take in place. We can't completely ignore what's going on. But one of those um, attitudes that I always recommend or I always preach is, you know, go outdoors, you know, take try to take things out of your mind that may be worrying you and just enjoy outdoors. Nothing is guaranteed not today, not tomorrow, so might as well enjoy it, take the time, you know, a lot of times you save money because you can spend a lot of money going to a lot of places to socialize, and now that you can't, then, hey, enjoy the outdoors, man. It's always a great time in the outdoors. You
1: would think that, but uh, I think now that I've been fishing more, my bank account has taken a bigger Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is true, that is completely true. Well, Marcus, I'm glad you're doing all right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Marcus, how other than kayak fishing, what else do you do in your life? Um, I know you also um, at broadcasting the KBBT. You can talk about that, too. So tell us a little bit about your, you and what you do and how kayak fishing fits into your life.
1: Well, so I'm a uh, I am a um, appointment manager with KBB, with uh, Windows USA uh, here in Arkansas. Um, so that's my day job throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes other days during the week, I'm the lead broadcaster for uh, the KBBT Kayak Bass Bracket Series uh, tournaments, um, as well as an angler with them as well. Man, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, kayak KBBT has really. It we need they needed a broadcaster. I volunteered in the, in the beginning um and then now i've been with them since they started in april i was the uh, second broadcaster to bring on right behind greg nozar i guess he decided to keep me around it's it's been phenomenal getting to meet and talk to all these different people as you know as well as uh with everything going on i don't really have to travel for work or anything so i've been able to stay at home and handle everything from my laptop and you know it's it's just been great um kayak fishing I think I've been fishing uh, in a kayak uh, whew, 13 years total. My first kayak was an FS-10 Ascend, I think it is, little sit-in. I picked it up from the Shreveport Bass Pro Shops with saving money from allowances and mowing yards and had had a uncle drive me down there to get it. Nice. And then ever since I got out of that, I, I had the first new canoe frontier that ever hit the state of Arkansas. You know, I've been with New Canoe for so long. They only had one kind of boat when I joined up. So um, now we're up to three. But I've been with New Canoe for several years now, and you know, just been fishing everywhere I could. I've uh, I have officially caught a bass in thirty-two different states. Really?
2: That's impressive. I have.
1: Um, I think it's thirty. It was thirty-two last I counted, but I've got that Arkansas public school math, so there might be one or two I've added <laughs> on or subtracted. So, you know it's it without sitting here looking at a map and counting through them all, you know I'm just gonna go with thirty two because it sounds right,
2: but it's uh, it's been it's been pretty good, man. lived a pretty good life. That's good. It's always good when you can count it's easier to count the states that you haven't caught a bass than counting the ones that you had. So that's, that's pretty fact. cool. Now,
1: the huh. only states I haven't caught a bass on, I'm still like questionable if there's bass there or not.
2: What is it like? North Dakota, Montana, like Alaska,
1: Hawaii. <laughs> North cool. Dakota, South Dakota. I haven't been to any of them. Um, I do, however, get to add Wisconsin to the list here coming up nice. in August. So, so hopefully I get to add a bass to that and that'll give me one more on the list.
2: That's pretty awesome, man. So. How's the experience, uh, first of all, broadcasting um, on KBBT? I know you mentioned it. One of the things that I kind of envy you is that you get to talk to some of the great fishermen uh, and kayak anglers out there and, uh, you know, just get to have fun conversation while they're out there fishing and kind of watching them and seeing what they're doing. How's that experience worked out for you?
1: Man, it's it's unbelievable. I don't even have words to describe it. So you, you not only get to hear the normal spills that you would get from, like, the greatest of the greats, you know, like your Eric Siddiquis and, and your Cody Miltons, you know, the, the greatest anglers that, that are around right now. But you get to hear the stories, the backgrounds, the struggles of, of people that you don't normally hear of, The you know, the Marty Hughes, the Jonathan Pepins, the Kyle mm-hmm. Zimke's. You know, all these people that you're like, well, I didn't even hear that name before, but you pay attention, you watch, you see these guys grind, you hear their stories and get to hear how they got into it. You get to learn from them. I I think that's what I love about the most is, you know, everybody says, and I I will repeat it, KBBT will make you a better fisherman. The average man can't hang with it. I mean, you try fishing back-to-back 10-hour days in July. It's not easy, but you, you get to learn by watching and broadcasting how these guys are attacking a certain body of water or what they do when this situation arises and it it makes you a better fisherman i'm not gonna lie dude the amount of new baits and bass i've caught with different techniques from april till now is unreal like before april i wasn't a frog guy i couldn't stand the frog in fact i had never caught a bass on a frog before the kbbt tournament round sweet 16 i think it was or when i went ahead to head with jeff isham and i knew i had to pull a hat out of my you know I cat out the trick to to catch to beat him and i just picked up a frog watched four hours of youtube fishing talked to every guy i knew went back to the broadcast and, and listened to other guys that were catching bass on frogs and went out there and four out of my five fish that i was able to surpass jeff isham with came on that frog and ever since then I don't think I have. I've had a rod in the boat one time that hasn't had a frog on it, um, yeah, and it's just yeah. little things like that that you learn to better yourself. But you also get to hear all the stories from all over the place. From I mean, we've had people in Idaho, California, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Maine, New York, Massachusetts, you name it. We've we've just about had it. Yep. And you know, so you live. never know when you're going there.
2: Salt Lake City, Utah. Catherine Fields over there in Salt Lake City, Utah. That's another one uh, that you usually don't uh, think of. Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, great uh, place to fish for bass. It never crosses your mind, but there she is. You know, putting grinding it out and putting uh, uh, knocking taking down names like Christine Fisher. All due respect to Christine Fisher, but that's that's a big accomplishment. So you can fish out of out of Utah. And go head to head with Christine Fisher. It's, it's while no while small Christine task.
1: Fisher was on Chickamauga.
2: Yeah, so yeah. And be, Catherine Fields got a long list of names. She's taken out six yeah. different competitors. She's coming for your money. I'll tell you that much. Everybody, 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 ever should be, everybody is on notice now. This is not, this is not the best kept secret anymore. Catherine Fields is here, and she is coming for your money. So watch out. Whether you KBF, Hobie BOS, Bassmasters, wherever she is, keep an eye on that name because you're gonna see, you're gonna hear that name and see that name pop up in the leaderboard a lot. So we wish her the best. She's actually over here in Texas, trying to see if I can sneak in a session to fish with her and <laughs> learn some of the best uh, from some of the best. But yeah, definitely, KBBT has opened the doors to a lot of names that. Um, we're, are becoming household names in the kayak fishing industry and uh, that's a great thing. you know we, we all love Cody Milton, uh, fellow Arkansas, um, Jackson or all those names, Jody Quinn. I mean the list goes on and on but to see new names come up in this new style tournament, I think it's very refreshing and it it's a great thing for the sport. You know, for the oh, growth absolutely. of the sport, the popularity of the sport, I think KBBT has uh, found a niche, and I think it's 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 gonna only keep growing. Now, uh, you did you mentioned you beat Jeff Isham, which by the way, that is no small task. Anybody that knows Jeff Isham in Texas knows he's a Texas hammer, and he, he you know when you're going head to head and Jeff Isham is fishing out of his honey hole in Texas and you're fishing in Arkansas, that says a lot about what you did. So that is no small accomplishment. How proud were you? And note this on Jeff Isham, obviously, but uh, no, as, no, a compli- as a compliment as a compliment to one of the greats, you know, you want to beat one of the greats. You know, it, it it gives you a little bit more of a confidence boost and a little bit more swagger walking down, you know, uh, the street the next day when you know you beat Jeff Isham on his honey hole. I get no disrespect Jeff Isham, one of my favorite uh, people and kayak English. so so tell me about that how did it feel when you because like you said you had to learn a technique that you're not comfortable with you you knew you had to get out of your comfort zone in order to have you give yourself a shot to beat right. jeff Isham fishing out of texas so how did that felt that win for you man
1: you know me and uh, me and jeff had talked a lot you know we're really good buddies i have the utmost respect for the guy but you know, I, if you pay attention to KBT, you know, us broadcasters, we always pick who we think are going to win, like ESPN or Foxwood in a, in a sports matchup every week. Nobody picked me to win this week, that week, not even myself. And I, I wouldn't blame anybody. I mean, like you said, Isham's a stick. When they – said that i beat jeff on that live feed i'm not even gonna lie man real tears fell because it was like (laughs) oh my goodness and i called jeff right after the show and uh, we must have talked for an hour but that was probably my biggest accomplishment to me out of my entire history with kbbt was not only having the privilege to go against jeff isham but being able to take him out you know, with no disrespect, it was an sure. absolute grind the entire day. But being able to do that was absolutely my biggest accomplishment in KBBT history. What did it take for you to beat him as far as uh, your back,
2: your limit? Or do you have
1: two? I want to say um, I want to say I was in around the ninety four range and he sure. was at like the ninety two and three quarters range. So somewhere around that ballpark, I mean, we were only like an inch and a quarter inch and a half away.
2: Yeah, it's not gonna be a. It's, you're not gonna beat Jeff Isom on a landslide. You, you, best you can hope is by a quarter of an inch or something like that. So congratulations uh, on that. Would you consider that your signature win as far as your tournament career has gone? Absolutely. Um, that I mean, that
1: first bracket that I was in, that April bracket, I didn't have a strong showing in the uh, in the May bracket. Um, I made a bad call, like we all do as fishermen, on round one, and it cost me. But that, uh, that Jeff Isham was, uh, definitely my signature win. Um, you know, and, and then on top of that, you know, this bracket, uh, because I do, I do a lot of fishing in Texas myself. I mean, how do you not love fishing in Texas? Yep. <laughs> the only people that don't like fishing in Texas haven't ever fished in Texas, in my opinion.
2: You hear but, that Josh Smith from Dark Waters? <laughs> <laughs> Little shot of my buddy. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: If you don't like fishing in Texas, you haven't fished in Texas. But, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to go out this tournament or this bracket um, in the national qualifier bracket. And I actually told Greg, I said, I'm going to make the Elite Eight for the be the second person that's ever done it on a lake that I have never been to in my life. No pre-fishing, no nothing. The only days I'm going to be on that lake are when I'm competing because I wanted to prove that you could do it without fishing your honey hole. You know, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to prove to everybody this isn't just a honey hole tournament. You can go out and perform as a good angler without ever even seeing the body of water, and that's what I did. I've never been on Toledo Bend in my life, and I've won three weeks in a row at different boat ramps, putting up, luckily, putting up 77 and a quarter three weeks in a row and have made it to the Elite Eight. Now, going into week four, I've got a better game plan. I'm going to go back to one of the boat ramps I've already been to um i figured out narrowed it down after after three weeks of fishing what i need to do and what i should have done and and what's cost me in the long run so hopefully you know we're going to be looking back at my normal average which is around the 91 mark um but we'll just have to see how it plays out yeah
2: you touched on something that um a lot of people not well i don't know if a lot of people but some people some naysayers some you know um, like to point out, it's just like, well, they fish out of the honey hole. And I kind of understand that, you know, um, I know I understand what they're saying. I also think guys like Conrad Benetti, Doug Wilson um, should get more credit than they do. I think some of the credit is taken away because, oh, they're fishing Fellsbeard, you know, which one of the right. big bass factories, Florida. Um, and I get it. I mean, to a certain point, I understand it, what the logic is behind it. And to a certain point, I agree to it. But I like what Greg Nozar is doing. And I, and I, be honest with you, having come, uh, kept up to date with all the updates that he's done. But the last time I talked to Greg and correct me if I'm wrong, is, um, it's divided by region, which is, uh, Texas has its own region, Fort La- uh, Florida, I'm sorry, has its own region. And then the rest is, um, northeast, west, and south, not including. Uh, Texas, not including Florida, have their own region, which I think is great. I think that's the most fair thing. But because in reality, anybody that's fishing out of Florida or Texas does have an advantage over somebody that's fishing up, let's say, in Ohio or uh, Michigan. That that's just it, it, That's the truth. So he does. He has fixed that. And if I'm not mistaken, the national championship, which again, correct me if I'm wrong, it's going to be in uh, April next year 2020 and it's going to it's going to be all in one lake everybody everybody that qualify for the national championship is going to go to that one lake to fish is that correct
1: so the way the national qualifier will work is um the the first couple of rounds like the first two rounds the 64 and 32 are going to be held at you know you can fish your honey hole they're held you know they're held as a as not a live lake, but you fish wherever you want. And then what's going to happen is we're all going to go, everybody that's left, I say we're because I'm planning on being in that mix that's left, so we're just going to swing with it. But everybody that's left is going to go to a undisclosed lake based yeah. on who is left, the most centrally located body of water we can find between the, the 16 or 8 anglers, whichever Greg decides to go with, that are left um they nobody will know about it until like a week before that way they've got time to book a house or a hotel but no pre-fishing or nothing we're just going to all show up on like the weekend before then monday starts round one and you're just going to go down each every day fishing one-on-ones on on a live body of water that nobody got to pre-fish or anything or even know about until a week in advance so all your information is going to be based on online and you're just going head to head each day until there's one man left standing.
2: Nice, that's what and, I love about it. And uh, sorry, I interrupted you. For a second. No, no, you're but, fine.
1: Uh, all I go was going to say is the way the uh, the qualifiers are going to work is so we've got the national qualifier that that uh, is going on right now, and then September we will have one in Texas for just Texas uh, yeah. people, and one in Florida for just Florida. Then in October we'll have another national qualifier bracket that's everybody but texas and florida and then at the very end of february early march there will be one final bracket for anybody texas florida nationwide just like the very first bracket with kvt was um and that'll be the last one to get the last qualifiers for the 64-man national championship but we're talking about big, uh, big sponsors, big trophies, and big money yeah. going out in that thing. It's going to be a crazy ride, and I encourage anybody, whether you're, whether you don't even have a kayak yet, or you've been on the kayak scene for five years, get in the ones, get in one of the ones that's coming up let us show you how much fun it really is to be a KVBT angler and let us show your story to the world, regardless of who you are. That way the world gets to see what you've put in because everybody's got a story and they all deserve to be told.
2: Yes, I agree. That's awesome. Very ambitious project over there by Greg Nosar. Um And uh, we wish him the best. I mean, it, if this works out the way he wants you to work out, it's going to be great for everyone. It's going to be great for the sport. Now, let me ask you this. You've been on both sides, you've been in the pro- broadcast booth and you've been a competitor. When you look at what traditionally um, kayak fishing tournaments have, have been, you know, which is kind of like live events, no disrespect, but the reality is it's like throw your names, all the names on the hat and see what comes up. Now, you do have to have obviously talent and all that, but that basically is the premise of it it's everybody goes to one lake um, and everybody fishes for one day. When you look at what KBBT is doing, and its format is very different, you taking in consideration the companies that might invest on the publicity side of it. Because I've always said, when you hear about um, the guys that won and everything, as far as audience go, fans, we don't get to see what's going on. We just, as far as live, you know, live footage. We we don't see all that conversation that you guys are having, and some of them that actually doing live footage. We just, you know, keep an eye on it throughout the day, see how the scoreboard is going, and then at the end we'll find out who wins. As far as companies invest in new canoe, um, hobby, um, catch boards, all, every company out there, Sankore rods, Douglas rods, all of them. There's a point where you say, wait a minute, my product it shows on KBBT is going to be displayed the anglers that that I'm sponsoring that I'm promoting are going to be shown live fishing using my product my kayak my rod whatever when you look at that do you see how do you see KBBT and that tournament style format moving into the future compared to those live tournaments that we have, that we all traditionally know like the KBF um, KBF and the Hobie BOS and now the Bass Masters
1: well, the way that I look at it, um, and you know, you you can't hate on anybody, ABF, uh, oh, so. Hobie, or anything, because with everything going on right now, you know, COVID-related, I know they're doing absolutely everything they can to have you know the best tournaments possible. But you know what what's been the thing about it, you know. Where you, when you have a lot of sponsors or even just a couple, you know, you do what every fisherman does. You put them on your boat. You put them on your jersey. And when people actually see those sponsors on you is when you're at the, the captain's meetings or the award ceremonies and they see it on your jersey and they say, hey, who's that? Talk to me about that or so on when you have those conversations. But since COVID's happened, you know, essentially that's not happening now. Mm. You're not able to see those. So, you know, mm-hmm. what KBT has done is says, you know, regardless if there's a world pandemic going on or or anything, you can still, you know, and again, I'm not hating on those guys. I no, no, what of
2: course not. We all still- respect what they're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I know I understand why they can't have life captains yeah. meetings. And I, I appreciate them doing their part to keep us safe. But you know, what KBT is doing is is stepping up the game. You know, they're they're doing something that's never been done you know me myself i broadcast on average five five and a half to six hours a weekend and all we do is let anglers talk about their sponsors what they're mm-hmm. using what both are in you name it we have that conversation and and people are taking notice. i mean already you know you see you see our man Derek brundle um he is a heavy stick he's he fishes with exotic rods well exotics once has came in exotic rods came in they wanted to oh. be an affiliate with the kbt and they wanted to be on air with their boy Derek brundle same thing with amped outdoors and tourney tag they want to be seen with people using their product and it's happening and i i think as this thing progresses and more people we're getting more and more views each and every time i mean last weekend when i was a sunday when i was broadcasting the team's event and we were just having fun with it at one point we had over 200 viewers Um, Just in the middle of the day on a Sunday in a three hour long broadcast, all of a sudden it jumps from like 70 something viewers to like almost 300. And the more people that watch that, the more people that share it, I, I really see KBBT sponsor list jumping out there because if I was a company, you know, I would want that opportunity myself just speaking from uh, from that aspect, but there has been a lot of people that have messaged us that we're, you know, we're talking things out, working things with, but I would not be surprised at KBBT growing
2: double what it is now before the end of next year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't surprise me either. And again, I'm not – let's be clear on this for those out there listening. Nobody here is dissing on um, AJ, um, which is doing an amazing job Hobie BOS. I haven't had a single angler – Come up uh, on this podcast, um, and just glow about how great of a job, um, Hobie Bios is doing. So no disrespect on there, no disrespect on zero and KBF. That uh, a complete complete respect to all of those, um, anglers that are competing there. And again, uh, Chad Hoover and uh, AJ. Uh, great job I
1: mean, we broadcast people that are fishing yeah. their events while they're fishing and i mean we we're thankful for everything they do for the kayak community as well you know at the end of the day it's just about growing the nation as a whole um but i'm with you absolutely zero respect for any of those tournament directors or series uh we completely understand that you're doing everything you can
2: you said zero respect, but I mean, zero, you, I'm assuming you meant zero yes, disrespect. zero disrespect. I <laughs> just to about clear that out. Yes, no thank worries. you. Zero you. disrespect. Yeah. No, and again, the comparisons that I make is from actually from a monetary standpoint. What What is going to be KBBT and those knockout stage tournaments in the future? That's what I'm always interested uh, when I bring one of you, uh, one of my KBBT competitors into the mix, because I'm curious to see how this moves forward. My opinion of it, and again, this is no disrespect or diss on anybody. This is just my take on it. KBB, KBF and POS and Bassmaster is more of a um, caters to the anglers, which is great. That's what it should be. KBBT, in my opinion, and you correct me if I'm wrong, caters to the anglers as well, but it's more of a fan service. Cause fans, again, fans get to see what's going on live versus a Hobie BOS on a KBF, where you just find out, you know, you know, if you log into Facebook, whatever, find out afterwards who won, but you don't get to see the live. And I'm assuming at some point Hobie BOS is gonna change that maybe do a little bit more broadcasting kind of like to keep up with the technology and all that. And so will KBF. I know Chad Hoover's making some changes over there too and he's gotten KBF to what it is right now. So I'm sure both will survive um, this whole pandemic and everything that comes after that. But that's my take on it. KBBT is more of a fan service. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I mean, you
1: know, we cater to the fans, cater to the families, which is the most important. You know, I'll I'll give you a personal uh, situation. My dad actually came out and, and called me as I was on the water and said, I never thought I would be watching kayak fishing on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's one of those things. I mean, like, and, and even, you know, these, uh, the thing that I, that the thing that always bugged me, you know, if, uh, if you do go to, you know, a live event, any, any live event, whether it's a local series or a major series, and you, you finish middle of the pack, No one really recognizes you at the middle of the pack. No one ever recognizes that at all. But with KBBT, whether you win or whether you lost, you still came on that day. The world still seen you that day. And everyone knows your story. Conrad Bonetti, love or hate him, is known across the kayak fishing world now. Jonathan Pepin, you drive three hours south of him in Michigan, and people are still going to notice, hey, you're from KBBT. How about Jonathan Pepin? It's completely fan-oriented, family-oriented, and angler-oriented. It's just about, you know, now you're able to see your your, your angler while they're fishing. You know, I've got – I never thought I would have as many family members as I've got watching – you know, me, as I'm fishing, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I get off camera, I'm getting 500 messages because everyone's like, oh, that's so awesome, or oh, man, I can't believe you lost an eight-pounder on camera, or whatever it may be. <laughs> you
2: never want to hear you that.
1: Know, one, I, no. I, <laughs> I, well, I was the first angler to come on camera ever with KBBT. That was the cool part. I got to be the first angler to ever be on the water on camera, and I did have an eight-pounder break my line on camera, <laughs> the very first one, <laughs>
2: And you so, live to tell about it. <laughs> I,
1: I, man, it. It is a lifelong laugh that Greg and Todd Patrick have on me. Yeah. It never goes away. But it's, uh, you know, that's what it's
2: all about, dude. And you touched on something. Now, you probably are like me or like most fishermen out there. I, I fell in love with fishing in general back when I was, you know, seven, five, seven years old um, where there was still no kayak fishing. But watching – outdoor um, TV shows like uh, Bill Dance, you know, those on the weekends. And that's what uh, um, my generation grew up watching, a lot of us that still love fishing. Um, So it sets up this, my generation of fishermen and kayak fishermen just watching all those shows. Now, I may be overstating this and I may be grilled by this, but this is my take on it. And I may be completely wrong. But, when you look at what you just mentioned, God, kids, you know, watching their uncle, you know or or a friend or just logging into Facebook because now it's all on Facebook, you know we're, we're this generation of millennials is kind of like you know, using. Like TV is kind of like ancient not ancient history, but it's not what it used to be. Now entertainment is on your on your phone. You see kids now that were our age, five, seven years old watching this, and this sets up the next generation for not just fishermen, but kayak fishermen, kayak anglers. I mean, that's that's something that I may be overstating it, but I think it's true. If as the sports grow and shows like KBBT showing live footage and all that and kids watching it, it's gonna set up the next generation and the sport's is only gonna get better and grow from
0: this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
1: I'm going to use Chris Delgado down in South Texas because he's, as an example, he's one of my, you know, best friends down there, but, you know, his Texas son Slim? is Slim yeah, Texas Slim, Texas Slim Outdoors. You know? That's a Texas Slim. <laughs> his uh his son is uh is really young i can't remember the exact age but that dude knows how to fully operate that tablet and watch what he wants to watch and it blew my mind because when i was that kid's age i didn't know how to operate we had jojos or anything. we had a I mean, stick exactly, to play with <laughs> you know i was uh i was actually a, a arkansas state champion at kick rock um <laughs> but we broadcast not only on facebook but youtube and twitch, twitch. and those ki- the kids do watch i've had several anglers come up to me and just thank me because their kid was able to watch them fish and you know it it uh, the reason i use slim uh, slim's family as an example is because man you know while slim's fishing out there if his kid uses that tablet sees us on youtube watches his dad out there fishing you know what regardless he's going to want to do that too and you're 100% correct. It's not only helping the current generation of fishermen, it's building the future generation. And that's why I am so thankful to be a part of it, is based off of that alone.
2: A quick shout out also, you mentioned already to the A team, Derek Brundle and Matthew Conant. Hope I spelled that last name right. Um, they won the uh, team um, KBBT championship. So big shout out to the A team again. Uh,
1: 192 combined hours on the water for those trophies. If my my Arkansas math is correct, 192 total hours on the water. There was five weeks of – actually, no, I'm sorry. I think it was more – well, it was five weeks. They fished each 24 hours each weekend to bring home those trophies. So whatever that math is total, you know, (laughs) hey, they, they grinded it out.
2: It's Monday. We don't do math on Monday.
1: You're right. (laughs) I I mean, I'm so far. It's yeah,
2: (laughs) but yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so how did you get into being the broadcast booth for KBBT?
1: So, this is a this is funny, you know. I was so blown away by what Greg was doing in April when it happened. You know, I was always blowing up his phone and bugging the hell out of him, I'm sure. Uh, he'll still tell you I was bugging the hell out of him. I don't know if he's over-exaggerating. I'm sure he's not. But I got the opportunity to fish on day one. Um, And I told him, I said, y'all be watching me because I'm going to have the first five fish limit. I'm going to be up there. And they go, okay, okay, you know, because we're fishermen. We talk smack. It's what we do. But I I was lucky enough, like I said earlier, to be the first person brought on camera. And then I was brought on camera again later in the day. And the, the feeling you got, by seeing you know all your family members comment on there and all the messages i received just put a feeling in me that i had never gotten of uh, in kayak fishing before as much as i love it and i had called him after it was all over that day and i said greg who's going to broadcast tomorrow Cause I wanted to watch and he goes, we don't have anybody yet. And I said, dude, if you can show me how I volunteer, cause I didn't have a, I didn't even have a computer at the time. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. I'm the most you know, illiterate person to technology. It's, it's unreal, but <laughs> I got home at nine 30 that night after fishing for 10 hours and Greg stayed on the phone with me till midnight central time, getting my dad, I was at my dad's house, getting my dad's computer set up teaching me how to run through everything um and then of course i went to bed went back to my dad's house at seven o'clock that sunday morning and i broadcasted for i don't know six out of the 10 hours i just broadcasted straight for 10 hours just bringing on everybody i could having fun watching them catch fish on live the first guy i got a hold of was eric freaking sadiki so you know and, and after that i guess it was a mixture of greg thought i did a good job and you know, honestly, the support from the fans of the anglers that, that fished that day, you know, they all recommended me back. They started calling me America's sweetheart. And it was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was one of those things. That only, I think the only reason I got to come back and stay a broadcaster and now be a panel member on KBBT is because of the support from those anglers that I was lucky enough to broadcast. So in all reality, in my beliefs, at least, the only reason I'm right here is is hard work that I put into KBBT, and of course, the anglers' support. Your love and passion for kayak
2: fishing—I'm sure had to do something with it, right?
1: Oh, absolutely! You know, I got into I got into kayak fishing because at, uh when I I had this I had to, Uncle Doug Doug uh, Coats. Um, You know, he was a real big time outdoorsman, actually was a boat mechanic, and he he would take me all the time, said I was the son he never had, and he would take me fishing all the time, got me on my first bass and my first white bass on the same trip in the Great Caddo River uh, here in Arkansas, and you know, it was one of those things, he taught me everything I knew about fishing at the time. You know, my first fishing rod was a pine stick with a line tied at the end of it, (laughs) and it was like, all I wanted to do all the time was be with him. Well, he died in a car wreck, uh, when I was at a really young age and never really got to, got to go out and fish tournaments or anything. And so, you know, I, all I wanted to do was keep living his legacy and I couldn't afford a boat when I was 13. So I saved up and got a kayak. Um, and then I got into kayak, uh, tournaments and, You know, that's one thing I like to believe is every time I'm out there on that water, he's with me. And every every time I win or every time I place or, you know, even when I lose, regardless, he's there looking over me. And all I'm doing is living my legacy or living his legacy, you know, that he wasn't able to do. And, you know, that's what's kept my passion for the sport, Um, you know, not only the support from my family, but, you know, that moment right there and, and just keep thinking about that's what's kept me going through everything hardships and all yeah
2: great motivation factor of course that's awesome man that's that's a real that's you know that's a real story right there that you know a lot of people can relate to you know um usually when we think about how you how each one has gone kayak fishing is either your dad your uncle your grandpa you know stuff like that so and a lot of us or a lot of them uh, don't have that you know, mentor. Uh, no longer with them. So it's nice to keep that legacy going, you know, and feel that connection, even though if you you know you don't have them, they're with you physically. you know it's it's always a nice sentiment. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Let me ask you this real quickly, change, uh, changing the topic to something more lighter. Um, I noticed Greg Nozar is not shy about throwing, you know some jabs down your way. I know he stopped at a no. Werer burger, you know, and asked you know, Made some jokes, and I know you clapped back with a little video of him. I don't know, maybe he was trying to hook a, uh, something on a tree, or I don't know what happened. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that relationship with Greg, because I know there's a little back Bro. and forth, a little clap back here and there. <laughs>
1: Before anybody gives credit to Greg for that video, he stole the idea from me because I publicly posted a video after Derek Brundle, my, my, my buddy, uh, talked a little smack, and, I drove up to a Burger King completely unscripted and just looked at her and said, Hey, do you know Derek Brundle? She said, who? I said, Derek Brundle. She goes, I don't think so. I said, huh, me either. And drove away. And then Greg pays a guy at Waterburger to (laughs) duplicate and say it. So no, Greg, uh, Greg scripted his, which automatically makes mine a lot better. And he stole the idea from it. But yeah, we have, we don't, we don't just, you know, You know, on a panel board, we don't just have serious moments. It's a nonstop smack talk each other. We have fun. We talk every single day, probably about one thing or the other. You know, KVT is not just a a tournament series, but all three of us panel members are a family. And that's why we work so well together. But yeah, uh, Greg, I do have to get credit for is the meme master is what we call him. Yeah so if you ever get on Greg's bad side, you will have a meme made about you. Just prepare for that. And but you know, he uh he is definitely giving out lessons for smack talking Tuesday nights at 7:30 Eastern for $79.99 on Facebook Live. <laughs>
2: That's pretty really cool. So, Marcus, before I let you go, let's do a little game here. It's called uh, fun facts about Marcus. Gonna ask you a bunch of random questions um and you and uh you can let us know a little bit more about yourself so are you ready i'm ready buddy first of all marcus favorite beer what's your favorite beer corona corona extra corona extra uh what's your favorite lake to fish on oh
1: you would hit me with a question like that man um I'll be honest, my favorite lake to fish is Lake Fork, but only during oh, the spawn. Yeah. <laughs> only why only during, during the spawn, though? You can get uh, Why? Give me why. Man, Lake Fork is one of those lakes, it's a hero or zero. In the spawn, it's a lot better, but, man, it's uh in the spawn, you don't have to work as hard for them on Lake Fork. Uh, it's easy
2: I, beacons, I've heard.
1: They're, they're huge. Um, that that's, that's got to be my favorite lake to fish. Um I mean I would go to it. I'll go to it tomorrow if I was off, but that's my favorite time by all means is uh, is that during the end of March area.
2: Yeah. It, it's, it's my favorite lake here. Not just the lake um and I was talking to somebody which uh, my last podcast I think it was. We're talking about lakes that have that um that at that say that atmosphere where every the whole community around it just eats and breathes bass fishing. And Lake Fork is That's one of those it. where you where you drive there and it's kind of like a time machine, man. You're just stepping, stepping back into the 80s or something where everybody is just, the whole community, every single town, and Lake Fork is huge. It spans a lot of um, um, cities, and all of them, they're all about kayak fishing. I mean, about bass fishing, kayak fishing too. But uh, it's all about bass fishing. I, I love that. As soon as you drive in, thirty minutes into it, you know you're in Bass Country, USA. When you go to Lake Fork, that's I make it a point to go at least once a week. If I can, I'll go two times. Uh, not a week. I'm sorry, a month. But if I can, I'll go two times uh, a month to Lake Fork. I love it. Uh, I haven't every, fished it. Every in, gas uh,
1: station and restaurant's got yeah. a ten-pound
2: mount in it. Yep. it's a it's a Bass Factory, man. I love it. And just again, not just the the um the bass fishing of it just the being there just being at just in, everything has to do with bass fishing there so an awesome lake. also a lot of flooded reservoir tours timber everywhere and you can find a lot of spots where boats just don't want to mess with it there's such that's a my, that's my way of fishing right yeah. there boats just is like yeah hey, there's a lot of places i don't need to get into that cover it's full of timber i love it man you get into kayak fishing you got a lot of spots just for yourself, man. And there's some huge bass in Lake Fork, man. That's that has to be, in everybody's bucket list.
1: Glade uh, Creek so- is my favorite ramp for anybody listening.
2: Lake Creek, where is that? Glade Creek. Oh, Glade Creek, where is that? Our that is on-, is
1: on the east side. About it's on the northeast side, uh, not way far up there but if you search glade creek on lake fork there's only one ramp you got to go under the bridge and then into the creek
2: oh okay 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 glade creek you meaning lake for yeah i haven't got i haven't stopped at that boat ramp. you need to go yeah. the,
1: you need to go to fish glade creek and thank me later is that um west of uh coffee creek i want to say it's actually south of coffee creek okay i want yeah, to
2: say yeah awesome That's a good spot. I'll give it a try then. I found I'm not gonna say it on the podcast, but I found a little hole over there in some creek that I was like, yeah, it's hard for me to go explore any other place in Lake Fork just because that place is that pocket right there holds huge. It's the
1: it's the 515 East Boat Ramp.
2: Okay, yeah, I know which one it is. Yeah, I have to try that one out. Yeah. It's a huge lake. It's a lot of spots over there. A lot, and that's kind of like those fingery lakes. There's a lot of creeks and everything. Awesome. So what's on your bucket list of lakes that you haven't fished, which is the top of it, the ones that you have not fished that you want to
1: fish? Mm. So I think St. Clair is going to take the top. St. Clair. Awesome. Um, I think I think them boys showed me that St. Clair has got to be at the top of my bucket list. Uh, I guess my top five, St. Clair, uh, Felsmere.
0: Felsmere,
2: yeah. Uh, big bass factory.
1: Falcon Lake.
2: Nice. I have heard a lot about Falcon Lake as well. Um,
1: whatever river in Idaho that Kyle Zimke fishing, <laughs> that's, that's up there. And then, ah, um, uh, what that uh, that lake, that big beautiful lake in New York, I can't think of the name of it now. I'll think of it after we get off the show, I'm sure. But there's a uh, there's a big lake in New York I'd like to go to as well.
2: Awesome. If you wouldn't be, if you're not allowed to fish for bass fish anymore, smallmouth, largemouth, no bass at all, what fish would you be fishing for? Pickerel. Pickerel, really?
1: I love chain pickerel fishing. It is, it's. I've got almost as big a passion for it as I do bass. Really, that's awesome. What's your what's
2: your PB on pickerel? Uh,
1: twenty seven and three quarter inches somewhere. I was actually less than an ounce shy of the arkansas state record what was it yeah uh seven seven pounds and some change nice nice pickerel, i yes. did get i did get the uh the little certificate thing that you get for getting above the average we had i had a game warden come out there and everything i, I thought i had broken the state record
2: but nope didn't break it oh that's still a nice uh fish. now pickerel. That's kind of like a small pike, right? I don't it know is. much about Prickle, but what I've seen, it's kind of like a small pike, isn't it? Yeah, 100% correct. Awesome. Cool. Uh, let me see. Personal B on uh, or PB on bass, which is your PB? Uh, kayak fishing,
1: 23 and a quarter. Um, A wow. little, little bit over the nine-pound range.
2: Lake Fork? No, Arkansas, White Oak. Nice. If you can only take one person, not don't tell me somebody you can take, but somebody that ordinarily you wouldn't be able to go fishing with. You have one day to fish with one person. It could be somebody in history, somebody in your family that it's no longer with us, somebody, um, big name that you haven't had a chance to meet. If you could take one person to go fish for one day kayak fishing, who would that be?
1: hands down it would be my dad nice and uh, hands down not even a not even a question on that
2: one nice you get to fish a lot with your dad before he's not i'm assuming he's no longer with us right no 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 my dad's with us oh Uh, okay
1: he's he actually just got a kayak uh, last year i believe it was or maybe the year before but he doesn't go out that often doesn't go far from the house but if i ever have uh an opportunity to take anybody fishing it's always the answer is always going to be him
2: okay but you have that opportunity
1: right you have the I, i i yes i do have that opportunity but you know still if if i had to choose one that i didn't have an opportunity with then the second choice would always be my uncle doug who's not with us anymore that's what i thought awesome
2: man awesome that's very good but I'm glad you have your old man with you, and you know you cherish those moments, and definitely take the time to go kayak fishing with him. You know, you know we don't borrow time, all of he, us. He likes to float. He's not much of a kayak
1: fisherman. He just likes to float behind me while I fish. So we have to fish rivers when he's when he's going.
2: Nice. What's your uh, what's your setup on your kayak? What do you have? What do you? I have
1: out? a uh, a new canoe pursuit and uh, I'll be honest with you with my pursuit. I'm still, I'm still one of those hardcore paddlers. Don't mm-hmm. have a motor. Don't have the, uh, the, or I do have it, but I'm not using the pedal drive. Um, I'm just an old hard school paddler, or old school paddler. And here this year, I haven't even, uh, I haven't even used sonar since, uh, Logan Martin in March. Um, I just started fishing good without the sonar on the boat and just said, you know what, if I'm fishing good without it, I'm gonna keep fishing, you know, one of those superstitious things. So, Um, all i run on my kayak i've got six to eight rods i don't keep them behind me because i'll bird nest every time i'm still one of them guys so i keep them all laid down beside me luckily the new canoe pursuits got that hole where it's easy to lay them out um besides that net about six or seven plano boxes or bags and uh you know when it's hot an ice chest
2: (laughs) yeah Definitely. Uh, I like what uh, fellow uh, Arkansas Cody Milton had on my previous podcast um, last week. He was telling me how he struggled the first day because he had new uh, equipment, you know, sonar and all that. And then the second day, he's like, screw this, took everything out and just went fishing. It's like, forget about the sonar, forget about everything, electronics out the window. I'm just going fishing. And India ended up winning day two. So, you know, sometimes we put a lot of stock into um, the technology and it's great to have it but we have to keep a balance on it. You know, sometimes I know my learning curve when I started using electronic was.
0: Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throw? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.
2: I completely, you know, got out of my element and forgot, it's like, wait a minute, I do know how to fish. I just yep. have to implement the technology with what I already know and not substitute already what I already know with technology because that's not going to give you success.
1: 100 percent The less things you have on a kayak, the less that can go wrong.
2: That's definitely. That's definitely true. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for joining your t- for joining us at the Bass Kayak and Beers Podcast. I wish you the best moving forward. Before I let you go, we wanna take your time to thank family members, sponsors, anybody you wanna give a shout out to, go ahead.
1: Absolutely. So we'll start with uh, thanks to all my sponsors. I couldn't be here without any of you guys. New Canoe, Windows USA, Window Mart, uh, Rocks Outfitters, uh, Wack'em and Stack'em Custom Bait, ZR Customs, and Last Cast Customs. I love each and every one of you guys. Um, And then, of course, you know all my family that never miss a single broadcast. Um, They're they're the greatest supporters ever. Uh, My mom, my dad, my sister, uh, my, my wife. And then, of course, uh, my Uncle Ronnie and my grandpa and grandma, all my supporters in Texas as well. Um, and not to mention, you know, I've got to give a huge shout out to my my alarm clock, Chris Garcia, out of, uh, out of Texas. Um, I wouldn't wake up ever without you, brother. So thanks for always staying up late and pulling those all-nighters to make sure I got an early morning alarm clock.
2: Awesome. Good man. Good man. Keeping you on your toes there. So again. Absolutely, man. Marcus, thank you so much. We wish you the best moving forward. We look, I look forward to seeing what next uh, it's going to be on the KBBT. Now, I know um, you qualified for the national championship already, or that's still to be determined.
1: I qualified for the national championship. The only thing left is to win this thing,
2: and that's the goal. Awesome. Now, you still have to – even though the top eight qualified, but that doesn't mean the tournament stops for you, right? Now you – you you guarantee your spot, but you still keep fishing to win your region, right? Is that correct? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I didn't uh you know, I didn't sign up for the national qualifier just to qualify. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a tournament and I still got the hunger to win. So I, I qualified by making the sweet sixteen. I won again last week after that. I'm in the elite eight now. One more win, I win my region. I go against Mr. Jerry Thai out of Oklahoma this week, and then uh then after that if i can pass up it's the final four on saturday championship on sunday and my goal is uh my goal is to be the uh the first new canoe in the championship
2: and take it home awesome man well then we wish you the best man and congrats to what you've done so far thank you again for sticking around man for those out there listening if you made it this far thank you again for tuning in to bass kayak for your segment remember sponsored by douglas rods go check out douglasoutdoors.com check out their full lineup of rods thank you again marcus have a great day peace out everyone
1: Later,
2: guys. thanks for
3: tuning in to another killer episode on paddle and Fin. don't forget to go check out our website at paddle the letter n and fin.com. don't forget to check out the youtube channel at paddle and Fin. if you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest on a future episode feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddling Thin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping and hiking needs. TRC covers, protect your investment, catch products, shout out to catch products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the paddle and fin logo directly on your catchboard. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.
0: A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby,
3: 6'8 Western. I'll be there, baby, right there.
0: Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.